0: Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever or whoever you may be. I am Alan Orante, and this is The Recluse Podcast. On February 24th of 2019, I had the privilege and pleasure of recording a conversation with Doris Jean Adams and her family. She is my grandmother-in-law, she is 94, and she resides in Canada. This conversation took place while she was in town for the holidays, you'll notice that I am completely absent from this conversation. My wife and her family are the ones doing the interviewing, considering they know her well. This is something that I wish I had done with my own grandfather before he died. In this interview, you'll hear five different people asking Doris questions. You'll hear her granddaughters, Angela and Natalie. You'll hear her daughter-in-law, Nancy. You'll hear her daughter, Doris, and you'll hear her son, Ken. You'll hear people in the background asking questions. You'll hear the microphone stand rubbing against the table as it moves from one person to the next person. You'll hear coughs. You'll hear short breaks in the conversation when someone is thinking of something to say. This isn't a polished interview, and that's not what it was recorded to be. But it is a candid moment that we can now observe in the amber. It is here for us to enjoy. This is a portrait of Doris Jean Adams.
1: I want to know why you and Dad decided to move to the Mountain Road, or Fever Road.
2: Actually, the, the price, it was a Veterans Land Act. After the Second World War, uh, veterans could build a house, and the government like bore $5,000 and you only pay $2,000 back. And I had saved war bonds during the war, so I bought the 10 acres with my money. He had nothing, not even a bank account. And uh, (laughs) in fact, when we got married, the bills started coming in for the suit he was married in, the hanky was married in, his (laughs) shoes. He had nothing. Flat broke. So not even a nickel. Did
3: you think he had money?
2: I think I I had money. I had a bank account. I had war bonds. You know, I had a fur coat.
3: Did you think Poppy had money,
2: though? I did, because it relates to me when he took a taxi. I thought the guy was loaded. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so when your next question?
3: How many boyfriends did you have before Poppy?
2: Oh, a lot. Wow. <laughs> a lot. A matter of fact, just the Christmas before, this one boy gave me a beautiful, beautiful household, pale blue cream lace, and I wore it on my honeymoon. Beautiful. (laughs) Mm. You would have done the same.
3: How long did you date Poppy before you got married?
2: Oh, a year and a half before I got engaged. And I got engaged at Christmas and then married in February. Not a long engagement.
4: How did you meet him?
2: At a dance. I went to a dance with three girls. And we were going to leave the city right after spring, go to Banff in Lake Louise and make a lot of money. And he came in with a kid I went to public school with, and they recognized me. And he came over and he says, Hello, Mary. And I said, My name's not Margaret. So we went back to Bunn. And he came back and he says, Hello, Margaret. And I says, My name's not Margaret. So he was smitten, smitten. So he came back the third time. He says, Well, it's Ross. Let's dance. And that was it. (laughs) Very romantic. And when I got engaged, um, well, what he... Anyways, I worked nights, and they sent us home in a taxi, because I worked at this pulp mill. And uh, Buster and Merle had come in from Red Rock, and I was going to meet his brother and sister-in-law. So we took the taxi took me to this hotel, and he met me outside, but I had to go over, over a huge, huge snowdrift. So he reached out with his hands to help me over the snowdrift, and he says, You're going to marry me. You know that, don't you? And that was it. That's the height of his... Romantic, whatever. <laughs> Zilch. I have
3: no words. Down, mm-hmm. What would you guys do on dates?
2: Mostly go to dances or uh, meet a bunch of people uh, at a pub, beer parlor, you know, and just sit and talk. Yeah. So, what did you do on your dates?
3: Same thing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What about Nancy? Where, where did you meet Kenny? I met
5: Kenny when uh, a friend of uh, mine came back to my house to... You got to talk about that. Oh. I met Kenny when a friend of mine came back to my house, Lisa Smith. Oh. She came back to get something she forgot because she, she had moved out. And he gave her a ride over to pick it up. And I was in the midst of cleaning my room and listening to rock and roll with a cape on. So that's how I met
2: him. Hmm. And, and how long did you go to get, before you got married?
5: About three and a half years. Really? Yeah.
2: One mm-hmm. for me. How long do you guys go together? Oh, forever.
3: Seven. <laughs> our wedding was our seven-year anniversary.
2: Okay. And the coldest wedding I've ever been at in my entire. <laughs> if I, if I ever go to another wedding. It's going to be in July in Hawaii. <laughs> Where it's warm. <laughs> I, I froze to death. Noted.
4: <laughs> or less late. <laughs> or less late. Um,
3: how long were you married before you had Uncle Ross? Well,
2: 50, how, two and a half years.
4: How did you find out you were pregnant?
2: Same way everybody does. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> how did you tell Poppy?
2: I have no idea. Don't remember. How'd you tell Kenny?
5: Um, took a test. I had one of those home test things and told him. And oh, he really? Was, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Same for all of them. Yeah. Leslie he was in shock for, though. He did not believe it with Leslie. Mm. He had no idea. So how long have you been married right now? 35 years.
2: Wow. We were 56, and my mother and dad were, they were 56, but my grandparents were 62, and I thought that was great, and I was telling a friend, she says, that's nothing, my parents are married 75 years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so everything's relative.
4: (laughs) Where is your side of the family from? My side? My dad was born in Strathpeffer, Scotland, and my
2: mother was born in Port Dover, Ontario,
4: and Poppy's side of the family?
2: His father was born in um, Cottageville, South Carolina, and his mother was born in Girvan, near Glasgow,
4: Scotland. You guys were neighbors when you were children, right? We
2: could go out my back door and into his back door, but I didn't know, you know, I mean, there was a lane between the streets. So you go out my back door, cross the lane, and go into his house, but I didn't know him then, you know, it's... As a Matter of fact, he went to the same public school and high school as me, but he was a year ahead, so I never knew him. You know,
4: how old were you when you met?
2: I have no idea 23, 24, 24 I don't know, in there, over 21. Okay,
4: what was your first job?
2: It's a job that doesn't even exist anymore. I was what they call a stenographer. The guy would call in, call me in and dictate. I'd take it down in shorthand, and then I'd take it out and transcribe it, and then take it in at 5 o'clock, and he'd sign all the papers. There's no such a thing as a shorthand anymore. Never mind, you know. But a lot of the jobs I had don't exist anymore. Like, I was a medical transcriber, and that was the same thing. They dictated into a tape, and you had to transcribe it. Now it's all, you know, they,
4: they still do that now. Hmm? They still do that. Oh really? They call it into a service.
2: <laughs> Bet they make a lot more money than I did. <laughs> yeah. So
3: What was your salary when you did this? When I went? How much money did they pay you?
2: Well, it's like geez, I have it in a little book back home. I should I don't we used to work for a dollar ten and dollar twelve hour an hour, you know. So, And if you got a raise, it was a 10-cent raise. They thought they were being kind to you.
3: <laughs> um, did you live at home when you were dating Poppy, or were yeah, you in that girl's I, house?
2: No, I lived there till I got married.
3: I thought you lived in a house with a bunch of girls.
2: Oh, I did, in Ottawa during the war years. I uh, took an exam for the civil service, and I passed, and they sent me a telegraph and come to Ottawa for $75 a month.
1: Okay, Okay. I want to hear the story about the conductor that locked you in the room on the train. And I want to hear the story about you chasing the wolf off with a broom. Oh,
2: the broom, yeah. Well, the the wolf was not supposed to come until night. And this day at noon, I went out to throw out crumbs for the chickens. And this thing was chasing them uh, closer and closer to the house. So I ran out and I was nine, like nine months pregnant. And I got like this. Six feet away from this animal, looking at it, right in the eye. And I realized, geez, it's not a dog, it's a wolf. So, And here I was, not a broom in my hand, not a stick, nothing. So I raised my hands and screamed, and I ran away. And the rooster ran under the lumber pile. And when Bing came home from work, I told him, you know, well the story. Well, there's a trail of feathers forever. And the rooster was... Under the lumber him he had to go and pull it out, and it was stark naked, because every time the wolf got a hold of it, he'd get a mouthful of feathers, and we never killed it. We called him Lucky. <laughs> 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 but the conductor, I never got in. What is that story?
1: When you're when all the troops were heading off to the to the East Coast to get on the boats to go to the war, and you were on the train going... Somewhere. Oh, I
2: went to the, yeah, well, I had to go on on the train from Fort William to Ottawa. Right. It was a troop train.
1: On a troop train, filled with yeah. troops heading overseas. Yeah,
2: so, like, yeah, they put me in a special compartment because I was a girl. And it was, these are all guys, you know. So, but nothing happened. And just,
1: yeah, he locked you in there, right? Yeah,
2: but I didn't realize why. I was too stupid.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. That's a wow. long time Boy, ago, Kenny. That
1: guy saved your life.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that that boarding house, it was run by two women that were missionaries in Egypt, and a guy would get the Victoria Cross if he got in there. And my c- cousin's husband used to come and visit me, and we'd sit on the bench in the hall, and she'd sit right there and watch me. Like, this is my cousin's husband. You know, I was bridesmaid. But they sat there and just, I don't know what they thought we were going to do, but we were just talking, you know. So, so. <laughs> He was in the air force then too, so that's a long time ago, Kenny.
4: Poppy lied lied to get into the navy, right?
2: Yeah, he was sailing the North Atlantic when he was fifteen, from Halifax to Murmansk, Russia. And then when he turned, oh, and another thing, when he got to Halifax, he joined, uh, got on a ship, a British ship. And went to Murmansk, Russia. And then he got back to Halifax, and he hopped on a train and came back to Fort William. Well, the British Navy came after him all the way to Fort William. They wrapped on the door because he had jumped ship. And they're going to yank him back to England, probably put him in jail. But uh, the police were there, too. Poor Mrs. Adams was having a heart attack. And uh, he's a Canadian citizen. So in the meantime, he had joined the Canadian Navy. So they had to let him go. But, wow. but they followed him all the way from England. They're going to arrest him because he jumped ship.
4: <laughs> Why did he jump ship? Well, he just he just got on the train to go home. You
6: know, he
7: just lo- what happened. The only way he the only way he could get back from England was to join the English Navy because they were uh, going to Halifax. So for in order for him to get home, he joined up, and then when he got to Halifax. He left the ship and took the train back to Thunder Bay. So they thought he was a, a British sailor that was AWOL.
4: Okay. Why was he in, why was he there originally?
7: I don't know how he got. I think him and Buster got there on the merchant marines and got kind of marooned and they couldn't
2: oh, get he back. Went to, he went to Halifax and he looked up his brother, uh Buster, and he, he ate in the wherever ship Buster was on, he had he ate. And uh then Buster said, Stay right here till I come back, because he's going out. And uh, this some other guy talked him into getting to this other ship, the British ship. They're going, and they hopped on it. So it ended up in. Well, it came back to Halifax, and then the cops came after him.
4: <laughs> How old did he have to be to join the navy? Seventeen, and he was fifteen or sixteen. Okay, yeah. And he he lost. What, what happened with the sub? Was it a German sh- sub that they?
1: Yeah, the German sub Pardon? When he he lost uh when he lost the straw and had was the one that had to go down in the German sub that they yeah, popped up. He had to
2: go down in the sub the German sub to bring all these Germans up and he's more afraid than they were, you know. So But when I was in grade ten, nine ten, second year in high school, a lot of boys got up and walked out and joined up and never came back. And they they, they didn't really worry. How old you were to join up in the you know you could hold a gun there if they took you so. a lot of fifteen year olds I know went to war. Never imagine came these back.
1: punk never came back
2: I know, and one kid shouldn't say this, but one day I skipped school mm-hmm. with another fur girl we went swimming. And the best-looking guy in the whole class got up, and he tore them all off all their juvenile and blah, 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 and he walked out of the room and joined up, and we missed that because we had played hooky. (laughs) Did you
3: skip school a lot?
2: I hated school. I hated it with a passion. I would have committed suicide to get out of school. (laughs) Why did you hate school? I just hated it. I was bored stiff. My grades were bad. I just didn't like anything about it.
7: How did your father help you with math?
2: Oh, that dining room table you have, he'd sit there and he'd yell at me and pound the table and call me stupid and, you know, I guess that's why I hated school, you know. you <laughs> would have me in tears and my mother'd say, stop banging the table and call me stupid. Yeah, so
1: I oh, that's hated funny, school because I have the same childhood memories. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I hated I hated to go to school. But he, that was even in public school, never mind high school. I just hated school. Didn't like anything about it.
7: Did you have any friends you hung out with? Hmm? Did you have any friends you hung out with?
2: Yeah, a lot. I had Lois Math, Oh, good friends, you know.
7: Did they like school? Yeah. Well, what was it about school you didn't like? My grades. You, but you remember everything from school—little songs and and... (laughs) poems—and yeah.
2: Oh, we had what they call memory work. You had to have. We had a teacher. We had to have memory work. We learned the Charge of the Light Brigade and Flanders Fields, the Village Blacksmith. All these poems, and uh, this teacher—if you even left a comma out or a semicolon—I saw him. Friday night, line up 27 of us and give us two straps on each hand. You know, put your hand out and, because we didn't get our memory work right. Never mind. We didn't misbehave. We were good.
7: But just, just the guy is sadistic. I think they call that child abuse. Um, what poems, can you recite a poem for us? Like the one you sang with Car- uh I know, Kathleen.
2: Fland- what do you want? Flanders Fields? All right. In Flanders fields, the poppies grow between the crosses, row on row. And in the sky, the, the no, and high up in the sky, the singing lark sings, scarce heard beneath the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago, we lived, we loved, we saw sunset glow. And now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you, from failing hands, we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high, if you break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep though poppies grow in Flanders field, November the eleventh remembrance day. Wow, better memory than Eugene
7: Sing about the garden gate
2: what aroxas needs
7: the ones you sang with Kathleen that song, oh, yesterday,
2: the other day, yeah. Um, I don't want to play in your yard. I don't like you anymore. You'll be sorry when you see me sliding down my cellar door. You cannot play in my rain barrel. You cannot climb my apple tree. I don't want to play in your yard because you won't be good to me. Eighty years.
7: <laughs> they <both> won't <sang> it. <laughs> and we
2: learned the village blacksmith under the spreading chestnut tree, the village smithy grows. And we learned, um, of course, charge of the light grade, half a league, half a league, half a league onward, and into the valley of death Road, the six hundred. Yeah, you know, we had, We had, I don't think they have memory work these days.
7: Tell them the story about when you worked at the newspaper and the Stokely Carmichael.
2: Oh God, we have proofreaders at the newspaper, and this day the proofreader didn't show up, and they had a fifteen-year-old kid and the typesetters. <laughs> We'd get the the stories and tell you, but but we always put our own little something above because we knew the proofreader would cut it out and it wouldn't go. But this kid. So anyways, Charles de Gaulle came to Canada and he raised his hand. He says, Vivila, France. And this guy's black, Stokely Carmichael. He was a comedian, but he was always stirring up the S, you know, real troublemaker. The what? So anyways, on the story, underneath the headline, I put, uh, this is De Gaulle, I put a French Stokely Carmichael, and it went.
7: They published
2: it. And they, and they published the first round. It wasn't supposed to be in the paper to begin with, you know. <laughs> so anyways, and then these I- idiots at the newspaper, they had to phone San Diego to see what to do with this woman, the, me, that put this, you know, whole Stokely Carmichael. I still have the clipping. And uh, so they fired me. And then they phoned and asked me back. So... The guy came in and he shook my hand. He said, They're sorry. It should never have happened. I mean, talk about idiots, you know. So, anyway, so I was back at the because I quit the place twice and I got a union in there, which they didn't approve of. And, um, and there you talk about harassment, you start to be a union organizer. Oh my God. They'd take me out to the out in the lawn on the table, 90 degrees, and pound because I asked editorial. The composing room, the legal to my house and the management, and the union to my house, so they banged the table, and you can't do that, and I said, Don't you tell me who I can invite to my house, and I can't, but they had women that had Mrs. Knapp complete nervous breakdowns, they were harassed so much they'd be in the bathroom crying, I mean, they just went after people for it was unbelievable the harassment and uh but they had the wrong person with me, so. So I got the union in, and then they have what they call professional union breakers, and they bring him into wherever you work, and these guys work on people and get the union out. So
7: Union busters. It's a real
2: dirty world, Natalie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
7: Uh, So
2: now ask Jeannie
4: some questions.
7: Wait. I'm not being filmed.
4: (laughs) Tell us about our dad's arrests. About who? Our dad, Kenny, his arrests, trouble with the law.
7: When you went to court with Dorothy.
2: Oh God, <laughs> I had to go to court so many times with your dad. I felt like, was that mother that Paul had a, Yeah. Anyways, this time my sister in law had come from Toronto. Her child is perfect, perfect, perfect. I had to take her with me to court with Kenny. <laughs> So we're sitting in the court and they read all these things off. They stopped him first because he had no tail light. And one violation after the other, they're reading. And the last one was no steering wheel. And everybody in court, you could hear him say, no
6: steering wheel,
2: you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. but, and then one time I had to go to court with him because he rode a motorcycle on a private ranch in Lynn Ranch. Another time he rode a mini bike in the Middle of Tateo Boulevard and Moore Park, all against the law. So, I mean, I felt like Ma Barker. I was in court. I said, geez, if you robbed a bank or did drugs, it'd be okay, but you got the dumbest things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: what about the time he lit a field on fire and you put the newspaper clipping in his baby book? I did. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. He was perfect.
3: You don't remember when he lit a field on fire?
2: No, he's perfect, perfect. you got the wrong person.
7: My, my little boy wouldn't do that. Don't you remember when he lit a field on fire and tried to put it out and burned his ankles? And he had burns all over his ankles?
2: No, I don't remember, Gene. He was perfect.
7: I think your memory's faulty or selective, one of the two. But I remember... Uh,
2: were
4: playing. I think it was Albert and they were playing catch. Was
6: something
4: that was on fire, flamethrower. Was it flamethrower?
2: That's the time. I remember going to a teacher's, you know, you have to go to meet the teacher. And I said to the teacher, I'm gonna, I know exactly what you're gonna say to me. It's what he's the last to come in at recess, he hasn't book open at the right page, his pencil's broken. I mean, she's that's Kenny, but she says, I like him.
7: Dad,
4: <laughs> yeah, so come over here and tell us a story. Come on. Come on. Refresh grandma's memory.
7: Refresh grandma's memory about your antics as a child, like when you ran your arm over on the mini bike and uh, stabbed your hand with your hunting fishing knife
1: all the way through your hand. <laughs> this is this isn't about me, it's about mom.
2: What about <laughs> what about when he had the machete and he almost lost your arm? How'd he do that? He went and bought a machete.
1: It was a diving and, knife.
2: Yeah, and he went in his bedroom, and all of a sudden he yelled, I've cut my arm off, and Ross yelled, don't get blood on the rug. (laughs) And I took the machete back to where he bought it from, and they were so afraid of a lawsuit. They said, we'll give you your money right away, you know, which they did. They should never have sold it to a 12-year-old to begin with. It's the kind they use in the ocean for cutting stuff down.
1: Yeah, five stitches. Tell
4: the tell, tell story about oh. you, you guys When uh, you're when you, lived, when you were playing past with the road flare Tell it into the mic
1: That's the fire they were talking about
4: Yeah, tell it, us
1: about it We were playing catch with our baseball gloves And a road flare Behind the the library on St. Charles Place Before there was any apartments And the whole place burned down And so we're making our getaway down Hillcrest and some cop drives by and he stopped. And then we figured, why'd he stop until we looked at each other and we were all burned up and covered in smoke. And yeah, yeah. Was Dave nap? Dave, yeah. Yep. Cheap thrills.
2: Oh, and one night we were having a dinner and they said, Dibs on Kenny's chicken. And him and his buddy, what's his name? Elbert. Elbert. They got on the bus, and they went to San Francisco. And Kenny had a Navy Navy outfit on, and uh, they got picked up, of course, by the the police. And Mr. Impersonating
4: an officer. Mr.
2: Shotwell went and got them.
4: How old was he?
2: 10, 12? No, he was like 15.
1: 14, I think, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, 14. And the reason I ran away was because Albert was running away. 'Cause Albert had to get a haircut. So I just went with Albert. So I really had no reason to run away. And <laughs> yeah, spent three days in Juvenile Hall before they came and got us.
2: Anyway, they went to San Francisco. Because we'd been there maybe a couple of weeks before that. We went to Hayde Ashbury and all that. And so you took Albert to see Hayde Ashbury. Yep. <laughs>
1: We're lucky we lived through it.
2: You know, I'm lucky I still have my sanity. And Jeannie was a perfect little angel.
3: Leslie wants to know, what's the drunkest you've ever been? I've never been drunk.
5: Oh, I don't know. Albert's
2: wedding. First wedding. What about Albert's wedding? Well, I had sweating. a few drinks, but I wasn't drunk. I was up dancing.
1: <laughs> what about your gallow wine ear? Spinata.
3: Spinata.
2: Yeah, I had those, but I didn't. It's like I have one drink every night with Gene while I'm down here. So, would you drink a lot when you went to the pubs with Poppy? No, in fact, that's the first time I ever drank in my life was when I went to the pub with him. I never had a drink before. What What kind of drink would you drink? I guess I'd have one beer and it lasts a whole night. So, how old were you when you had your first kiss? Oh, God, that one I remember. <laughs> I was 16, and we're all sitting around, and I someone said, sweet 16, and never been kissed, and I said, that's me. So <laughs> they grabbed me and pushed me down on the ground, and I spit in his face. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even remember who the guy was.
1: <laughs> i bet you he remembers you.
3: Who was your first kiss that wasn't terrible?
2: I have no idea.
7: (laughs) Why do you always complain that we name our animals after your old boyfriends?
2: Because I don't think it's right.
7: But how do we know who your old boyfriends are?
2: Well, the first one, I was in high school, Jack Tickner.
7: Jack, that was our lab?
2: And then Jack Crow.
7: Jack Crow.
2: And my mother said... He'll never be anything. When I started going with him, he rode a bike and delivered meat from a meat market. Then they got into a truck. And my mother says, he'll never be anything but a truck driver. And he wasn't. He ended up as the captain of the fire department, still driving a truck. <laughs> fire truck. <laughs> he looked like Ronald Reagan. Everybody said it. You know, he really did.
7: So.
3: What other animals were named after your boyfriends? Just Jack and Hank.
7: There who was one more.
2: Who was Hank? Andrew, his name was. and He ended up teaching math in the high school. Yeah. Did Just, you kiss Poppy on the first date? No. You know, we went quite a while before. How long? A couple months anyways.
7: Mm-hmm. How long? Did she tell you how they met? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Why did you guys move to California? To get out of Thousand
2: Oaks. <laughs> oh, no, to California, for the weather. For the, weather. The, the weather, cold, Northern Ontario. It started to be spring. Everything was melting, and he went to work. And when he came home, it was snow up to your hips. And he came into the kitchen. I said, You know, we should move. So we started writing back and forth to San Francisco and LA. Got, we, I uh, got, papers delivered, the L.A. Times. And and then we thought, if we're moving for the weather, we might as well go all the way because San Francisco got a lot of rain. So we got on the Union Pacific in Minneapolis, three kids, and we were two days and two nights on the train. We even end up in El Paso. And we got to L.A., and your dad said to the taxi driver, I want a clean and a cheap hotel. And he took it to Seventh and Flower, which is the worst part of L.A., and then he phoned this woman, Janine McKee, and he was out of town, but he was on the football team that your grandfather was. So uh, she said to tell Doris to pack up. And she came all the way in from Thousand Oaks. And if she lived in Huntington Beach or Newport Beach, that's where we would have ended up. But she lived in Thousand Oaks. And at that time, it was Caneo Valley. It wasn't Thousand Oaks. And 17,000 people. And so she came down and got us. And boop, we ended up in Thousand Oaks.
7: Didn't we live there for three weeks? Pardon? Didn't we live there for three weeks with the McKees? Yeah. And then you rented the house on Penziamento? Right. And we all slept on a mattress on the floor? Yeah. One, like typical immigrants?
2: Uh, all three kids on a mattress. And we
7: had one pan that you cooked in?
2: Yeah, it was a cake tan, because I brought a cake with me on the train. So we had the cake tan that we put cooking that you know and then we got for christmas i got <clears throat> four glasses there 25 cents each up four socks two pairs of socks and that was our christmas and then we we're only there we got there in november you know yeah november and then kennedy was killed and so we were brand new country foreign country the leaders shot and they never, nobody put any Christmas decorations up. It was horrible. Oh, everyone cried. That's a long time ago.
7: And then you guys moved um, to pensimento and then Windsor Drive. Right. Tell us about the first year at Windsor Drive. We
2: never paid a cent. Whoever owned that house, uh, something happened, and it's between the bank and the owner. And I don't know. It was a lot of legal stuff. And uh, so when the year was up, we hadn't paid a nickel on, and that's what saved us. And uh, so Bing said, if they're going to ask for the year's money, he says, we'll just move out. But they didn't. <laughs> so then we bought the house seventeen nine ninety five. That's what the your house cost.
7: But how much did your car cost?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a junker car now. So okay, what else?
7: Tell us about the golden croquet tournaments.
2: Oh, yeah. They had uh, croquet tournaments, and they painted the one croquet thing gold. And they, you'd think they were...
7: T- tell about the people that were involved in it.
2: Well, the McKees.
7: All Canadians?
2: Yeah, of course. There was a McKees, the no. the the fair, uh, the Corys, us, one other family.
7: Dave Buchanan.
2: Yeah. so But they played croquet, and... Uh, they paint. In fact, they, Jeannie said at his funeral they had the. Uh,
7: <coughs> they had the. If you won, you got to keep the golden croquet. It was on a plaque and they put your name on it with uh, that sticky tape. You know, it wasn't embossed right. Im- or anything. And they had that at Pat Corey's funeral. But really, it was a chance for everybody to get together and drink. And. All the men would drink and knock the little ball around the backyards. It wasn't um, really an event. (laughs) (laughs) They played till like
2: nine o'clock at night. Yeah, they couldn't even see the damn thing. It was just a a
4: drunken game. Mm -hmm. So, where were you and Poppy born?
2: When Poppy
4: what? Where were you born and Poppy? I was
2: I was born in Fort William, Ontario, which is now Thunder Bay. He was born in Surish, Manitoba. S O U R I S.
7: And where was his family from? Oh, she
2: answered that. Well his dad, Cottageville, South Carolina, his mother Gervin, Scotland. And and see his dad was a railroader. And some of the kids were born in different cities. And then when they landed up in Thunder Bay, they were w- Fort William, the rest of them are born in Fort William. So.
4: so where was your dad born? Thunder Bay. No. No? Where was he born? Fort William. Fort William. Ah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Trick question. Trick question. <laughs> Grandma, how do you spell it? Ha uh,
6: ha ha. You're not going
4: to get me. <laughs> I'm old,
2: but not stupid. <laughs> I like the one best of all I'd say to people you're an American. How do you pronounce the capital of Florida, Miami or Miami? <laughs> Alan? How? What'd you say?
4: Oh, I know
2: this.
0: I don't know how.
6: Tallahassee. It's
4: not Miami. Oh calling Los Angeles I like that joke. <laughs> Tell us another joke.
2: What do you call a nun that walks in her sleep? What? A Roman Catholic.
4: <laughs> That's a clean joke.
2: Do you have dirty jokes?
4: Tell us a dirty joke. Oh, no, no.
7: Did she tell us about our obscene phone call?
4: No. Tell us about your obscene phone call. Well, I've only got one
2: in my life. How many have you had? Enough. <laughs> really? I only got one. This guy sure, phoned I he says, I want to kiss your pussy. And I said, buy your own damn cat. And
7: I... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sharp, (laughs) Doris.
2: That's pretty smart, I thought. (laughs)
4: What's
2: a? I only got one. Have you had got um, obscene calls?
4: Nope, no.
2: So then I put a whistle by the phone. You know, he had a whistle from football. I never got another call.
7: (laughs) Tell us about the phone number you um, would give to people to call to hear hear the recording that was actually a wrong number. It was I think it was Inspector Clouseau and answered the phone. And you would tell people to oh. call it and say, call Doris.
2: <laughs> I had the wrong number and I was phoning this guy and phoning this guy from work about the union. And every time I phoned him, I got this Inspector Clouseau answer, you know. And uh finally I got the real guy and he's oh and he really chewed me out. So
7: but I was dialing the wrong number. And she would tell it to all her friends. You got to hear this. Call this number, and then tell them to call Doris. So this poor man was getting all these phone calls from different people that would say, "Call Doris." <laughs> <laughs> it's like he it was like being stalked. <laughs> yeah. God, you got
2: a better memory than me. I forgot about that. Well, that's when I was working in the, un- the union. You know, trying to get the union in. Mm-hmm. So. I'll tell you what I did with the union. I put two ads in the paper, and one was children's clothes, from infant to five, immaculate, uh, nothing over, I think it was a dollar. And I only put the editor's address, no phone number, nothing. And the other one was firewood, all you want. And I put the uh, business manager's address, no phone number. So Sunday, all these cars went to those two houses. And, of course, they... Just, yeah, and I did it anonymous, so they went to the editor and to, for firewood, all you want, all you can carry, and children's clothes. <laughs> I thought that was pretty smart, Jean.
4: <laughs> she fought dirty. Mm-hmm.
2: How many times have you been fired? Three, twice from the same place, <clears throat> and then they and they remarkable they'd phone and ask me back. I mean, so how, why did they fire you besides
3: the time you told us the first time?
2: Well, Soakley Carmarkle was one. And I guess because I was a union organizer, because then they find any excuse possible to get rid of you.
3: Well, that's two. What about the third?
2: Pardon? Well, it was only twice. <clears throat> yeah, so both from the News Chronicle.
7: Tell us about the. Uh, place you worked when you were young and if you were late they didn't pay you for the
2: day that was in Ottawa um if you were late three times in a month you you got no pay you worked for nothing and this girl would see us coming up the stairs we're on the third floor and she'd take the book away like she'd see us coming down towards the book to sign in so she, she took the book away from me and uh I said "So if you think I'm working for nothing you're crazy and I walked out well, the shit hit the fan, and she really got into a lot of trouble for doing that. So, I'm not working all day for nothing.
6: Would you? No. <laughs> so,
2: well, a lot of people did. You know, she thought this power thing. You know, if they're late, I'm going to take the book away, and they'll get work for. But she got the wrong person. Well, would you have worked for nothing?
7: No. I don't
2: know. Thank God. But a lot of people did. And I just told her. It's
4: all right. I'm not working for nothing. What were the, what was the necking questions you guys
2: <coughs> had? Necking? I do not remember. Like, okay, Jeannie, you asked Nancy some que- Ask
4: Nancy some questions. Me? You're the star. You're the star of the show, Grandma. I'm not, when I'm Pardon? You're the star of the show. No, no. How,
3: how many boys have you kissed?
4: Hundreds.
2: <laughs> I, I have no idea. But I didn't kiss them; they kissed me.
4: You never initiated it. Mm-hmm. I don't
6: want to ask that.
4: Actually, <laughs> what'd she say?
2: <laughs> Did you ever want to kiss somebody? Not really. Maybe Paul Newman. <laughs>
6: Paul
7: Newman. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
2: All right, so I ask them some questions, Gene. Their secrets.
7: What are your darkest secrets? Yeah. For you. are yeah, like the you're the one being interviewed.
2: I know, and that's because I'm so beautiful that's
7: right. and delusional. <laughs> Grandma, yeah. what do you ask me
6: about the
7: pills? What pills?
6: So what does
4: she take? So why
7: does she take them? Oh, what do you? Why do you take pills? You give them to me every night, two pills. <laughs> yeah, but what? Why do, they do? why do you take the pills? What? What is the use of them? Well,
2: the doctor said I need them. One's for thyroid and one's for high blood pressure. I thought
7: they were one was so you're smart and the other was to make you sexy.
2: Oh, right, right, right. I, uh,
7: that's, that's so attractive as you're rubbing your nose. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you realize your
2: kids are really mean to me. And I was such a nice person. Next year. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for years and years, I always said, next year, I'm going to be nice. So I come in on January the 1st, and they say, now you're going to be nice. I said, no. I said, next year, I'm going to be nice. So maybe next year, I'll be nice.
7: Tell us about the uh, neighbor that was stalking you after Poppy died, the guy that had the hots for you. (gasps) What?
2: Oh, he made muffins for me, and he was really Coming on, all strong.
7: Never talked to her in thirty years till Poppy died. Then he was coming,
2: bringing me muffins and
7: gifts, and the guy right across, across the street.
3: Was he cute?
7: He was <coughs> like ninety. <coughs> <coughs> yeah,
2: he
3: died. And
7: then, he, and then he was in the hospital. and We went to visit him, and he said something about, about being modest in his diaper. And he pulled his the sheet back, <laughs> and he had a diaper on, and she just about died.
2: <laughs> so did you. <laughs> Yeah, we went to see somebody else in the hospital, and I realized he's in, so we'll just go and say hi, you know. <laughs> I forgot about that. That kind of shook you up.
7: Well, seeing some old man flash you is kind of weird. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, he
7: did. Well that's funny. Yeah, you never... Tell us about how you were the queen of taking back things like... Um, the tree at Builder's Emporium.
2: And a bathtub.
7: And the bathtub.
2: Oh, the tree is in your front lawn. I bought that tree, a mulberry tree, and it died. And this kid, I told him about it, and he said, Well, lady. So when he said that, it went right up to the top of my head, lady. And the way he said it, if you bring the tree back, I'll replace it. God, I went home. I dug that bloody tree up. I dragged it right through. <laughs> And then brought another one home, planted it in your front lawn, and it's still there.
7: That huge...
4: huge that huge tree. Yeah.
2: And yeah. I bought a bathtub, and Kenny scratched it. So I took it back and got the one you're using now.
4: How did he scratch it?
2: I guess unpacking it or whatever.
7: <laughs> How about the condo you bought in Canada?
2: Oh, I took that back. Wait, you're, What? <laughs> You're allowed to take anything back. As a matter of fact, Jeannie, I'm taking those hearing aids back.
7: <laughs> she bought a condo overlooking a lake. I don't know where it was. And I said, you know, Poppy's going to go crazy in there. It had like a little tiny balcony to, to plant on. And so she went and got her money back. Poppy bought it, not me.
2: I never would have bought it. So anyways, I took it back. You're allowed to take anything back in three year, three days if you buy. You know, that's the law.
6: Even so,
3: houses?
2: Even now. If you buy something you don't want it, you can take it back. The law says
7: three days. In Canada? Here. I think it's here, too. <clears throat> Except the
3: car. <sighs> yeah. I don't think you can return houses, either.
7: I'm canceled glad I cancel the escrow within 30 days. <laughs> yeah. You cancel that's escrow anytime time you want.
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. glad I didn't end up in that condo. It was right on a lake. I forget the name of the lake, but... Long Lake. No, it's another lake. Why
3: did you move back to Canada?
2: Well, we came up here for Expo. Your your grandfather knew Vancouver and all because he sailed up and down this coast, you know, the West Coast after the war, and he worked in Vancouver and he knew it. But anyway, we went to Expo, and they were tourists, so we went all around and looked. Then we came over to the island and it's so beautiful, and I says I'm gonna move there, and everybody says you'll never move and leave your kids and grandkids, and I said watch me, and it's the best thing I ever did.
7: So instead, we sent the grandkids up to you every summer.
2: Oh, I loved it.
7: Well, because you didn't do anything, Poppy did it all.
2: I did. I took them shopping. I took them. Yeah, oh, the I took.
7: Yeah, But not comb your hair. I remember the first time she started with Natalie's hair at the very top without using any conditioner. And I said, you don't do it like that. I said, did you use conditioner? No. I said, you need to go back in there and use conditioner. And then you start at the bottom and work your way up, which is why I always had my hair cut like a boy when I was a girl, child.
2: (laughs) Because you look good.
7: (laughs) <laughs> and you didn't have to fiddle with
2: it. <coughs> you had nice curly hair. And you, you look good with short hair. Even today you would look a lot better with short hair.
7: Your hair is short. Yeah.
6: Because she's
2: got a natural curl in it. She would look really nice. <laughs> now, you know where your dad got that statement from? And he said
5: if I died, he was going
2: to cut off. I wanted her to get her hair cut <laughs> for her birthday. but she, And I said I'd pay for it, but. Oh, and I took, when I had you four kids up there, the four girls, I took them shopping to buy shoes. And every time I looked around, Kathy, no, Heather wasn't there. She would disappear, And I said to her, you remember, I said, I'm not taking you shopping anymore. You don't know how to behave. And the next time I went shopping, I left her with Grandpa. Well, she just couldn't believe Somebody would do that to her. And then I did it the second time. I took the three shopping and left her with Grandpa. So then she says, Grandma, I'll be really nice. So I went shopping, and this one acted up.
3: I <gasps> did not.
2: <laughs> she, this one meaning Angela. That's yes. right. <laughs> what did I do? Well, you wouldn't stay with the rest of the... Well, I have four little girls. That's so a Are big responsibility. Sure? That doesn't responsibility. sound like me. No, you kept wandering away, and I kept yelling, get back here with the rest of us.
1: That sounds about right. It does not. It, it does.
3: I was the good, quiet one.
1: The good, quiet one. Who who pinched that guy's boob butt in the museum?
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell us this like, story. Oh,
3: That's it's you. It's Natalie's fault.
4: I didn't pinch some stranger. <laughs> I didn't tell you to pinch a stranger's butt. <laughs> you didn't
5: explain the game.
4: <laughs> I don't remember the game. You, Mom, you. Ma, come here and tell the story into this.
6: Oh, yeah.
5: yeah. We were on our way to what was it? Into the mic. Come here. We were going to the, what, the Royal British Museum in um, Victoria. And Tommy, uh, my nephew, and Marshall, my other nephew, and Natalie were all playing. They were all playing a game with pinching each other. And so Angela wanted to get in on it. She was like only two, she was almost three. She went up and decided to pinch a stranger's butt. Mm -hmm. And the man thought she was trying to pick his pocket. And was totally offended. And we're all like, oh, we're so sorry, we're so sorry. And Angela's like looking like, what? What did I do?
3: <laughs> Natalie didn't explain the
2: game well. <laughs> it's all Natalie's fault.
7: <laughs> well, that's a lot like your grandmother because she was in a store one time and went up behind Poppy and patted her... His- on the butt and said, okay, honey, I'm ready to go. And a total stranger turned around.
2: Well, he had the same white hair and the same jacket. I said, let's go. I'm ready. (laughs) So when he turned around, I said to him, well, I guess I made your day. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's bent over and I just gave him a little love tap. You sexually assaulted
4: a stranger.
7: Well, you, you could have been our president. Mm-hmm. You could have been our president. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Tell us your Trumpian views. My what? Your views about Trump.
2: Oh, I hate him.
7: Well, don't, okay, don't say anything about, like, killing him or wishing he was dead because we're being recorded.
2: I can't see a word, but I do pray every night that the, the American sniper will show up. And make America great again.
7: <laughs> oh. So, what
2: are they going to do to a ninety-three-year-old lady? Put her in jail?
7: Well, you ban you from coming back in.
2: Mm? They'll, they'll ban you from coming back in. I don't if I'll probably be ever back here, can't you?
7: Oh, every year we hear. No, this. I'm
2: I'm really failing.
7: You- hey, according to Marshall, you got another ten years.
2: Oh, Marshall's mental. I'll never <laughs> I'll never make ten years. I'll be lucky if I make one year.
7: Uh Yeah, keep keep collecting all those pensions and social security. You're just buffing up our inheritance.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's it's really wonderful that I'm getting all that, you know. I get in the States I get the Social Security and the Carpenters Union and two mortgages. And in Canada I get old age and the Navy. So I can afford to go to McDonald's. And I'm
4: good to you people with your money. (laughs) What's your favorite food? Pork and beans. What's your favorite dessert?
2: I guess anything
4: chocolate. What's
2: your favorite alcohol? What Jeannie gives me every night. What do you give me?
7: Bailey's on the rocks
2: yeah but when I get home, I won't be getting it anymore. Did you ever try marijuana? No, I never smoked cigarettes. Never mind want marijuana. Is it
3: true that you once picked my dad's marijuana and made a bouquet out of it
2: no yeah where would i where <laughs> would I find- mar- Where would I find it? Oh. it was
7: all over the Poppy found it in his garden, and so he picked it, and we put it on the table for dinner. And they would little like six-inch stems were in a little bouquet. And then Kenny realized what it was. And Poppy said, Don't put that shit in my garden anymore.
6: <laughs> well, I
2: never heard that. You were there.
6: Huh.
7: Doesn't mean she heard it. He was
2: growing <laughs> it in his garden? Huh. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But t- t- tell them how uh, Angela
4: found out about the pot. It was
2: Leslie.
5: The smell. It was Leslie.
4: Wasn't it Angela that went to the. Leslie. Co- it was Leslie. Oh. Angela went to a show and then became a vegetarian. Oh, that I remember her and Cappy. Yeah.
5: <laughs> For nine
2: months. Yeah. But Cappy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: everybody's got
2: those little gadgets. She's she's
4: not feeling good right now. Yeah.
2: You know, you go to the dentist, you go to the doctor, everybody's sitting here doing that.
3: Just like you.
7: And you do it without a phone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: What was your favorite thing about Poppy? I guess he has a good
2: sense of humor. You gotta have that. Yeah. You know, without that you forget it. Who was the easiest child to raise? Jeannie. Well <laughs> not, <laughs> no, no No, I don't. I'll take that back. <laughs>
7: I take that back. I think Ross. Really? Why? The one you kicked out from his drunkenness?
2: Yeah. Well he drinking a lot. And he came home and he threw up all over my You're white rug. Bad. And I said, I love you dearly, but I'm not putting up with this. I so, said, Your dad has to go to work. I have to go to work. The girls have to go to school. You know, the no. others. And I said, You've got to move out. So I knew he was coming home to eat at noon and take a shower because he was living in his car. And then he went up north to Oregon, I think. And then my your dad came out to me. He was out in the garden. He said, You've got a visitor. And he said, I got all the shit out of me now, Mom. And I said, Okay, you're welcome. And he came back. But I didn't put up with what you're putting up with. And that's the end of my interview.
7: Are we finished? I am. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have any other words of wisdom for us? Be good. Did you tell them how you killed the duck?
2: I didn't kill it, Jeannie. I just put it in my doll bed.
7: After you squeezed it to death.
2: Well, it just this lady had a duck, and it disappeared, and they found it in my child in my doll's bed. So I don't remember anything about it. i
1: very. She was little, like two or three, but she squeezed it to death. You don't tell, know, Mom. Mom, tell us what you did to the conductors on the train by your house on by Grandma when when you were a kid. The, the, what do you call those electric trolley cars that went by?
7: Oh, yeah. Say
6: that?
1: The,
7: uh, like the street cars, what you did with the street cars. Oh. Come on. You're oh, yeah. among family. The street
2: cars go back and forth, and they have gyre wires, wires to hold the trolley. So we get three kids on this side of the street and three on that, and we go like this, and the trolley would pop off, and the street car would stop. And after we did about six times, then the cops showed up. But by that time, we're long gone, you know. <laughs> but we just pop them off. The, like just pull the guy wire and the trolley fall off the wire. And
7: So you were like a vandal as a child.
2: Uh, well, no, I was a sweet child.
7: What about when you tried to drown your brother in the baby buggy?
2: Oh, I didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I pushed the go car. Uh, my uncle had a... one of those things that a horse pulls and two people sit in it so I pushed it down put him in it and I pushed it down the hill it would have gone right down the hill into the lake but it hit the fence and broke my uncle's fence and stopped And he thought I was nice because I was giving him a ride
4: (laughs) (laughs) I really tried to kill him (laughs) tell us about your relationship with your brother oh I
2: hated him I couldn't go any place with. I I couldn't go swimming with my friends. I couldn't go to the Saturday show without my friend unless I took Donald. I had to take him, and I hated him because I had to drag this little brother every. You know, you should never do that. Make make like you take this one every time. Every place you went,
4: you had to take Angela with her with you. Angela
6: would
4: know what. What's your age difference? Three. You're older. Yeah.
1: Didn't, didn't and then he, not
6: only
2: that, I never could get the family car. But as soon as he's 16, he got the car, you know, because he's a boy. And then I, when I came back from Ottawa, I was giving my mother $35 a month. I find out Don's not giving her anything. I says, how come Don doesn't pay room and board? You're not ready for this. Because he's a boy and he has to buy suits and take girls out. And I said... If he can live off the fat of Dad, so can I, and I quit paying.
1: <laughs> and, and didn't he used to drive by you when you were walking, and he'd drive yeah, by you?
2: honk the horn. <laughs> and I'm walking, and he's got the family car, so it's not right.
7: And how generous is Don? Tell us about when you went on a trip with the sodas. Where were? Well, you were on a trip with Dad and Don and Verna. And
2: oh, oh, he's so how- well, you know how cheap he is. But the very last night we were in Amsterdam and we went to this really classy restaurant and he ordered a wine, whether I don't know what color, but he didn't like it, so he ordered another wine. So then he's not going to pay for the first wine. It's like me ordering a piece of pie and I take a bite and I don't like it. So he's not going to pay for the first. So Bing saw what was coming, so he gave me our money. And uh, this... He saw, So he gave me the money to pay, the bill. He said, I'm going out for a cigarette. So Don starts, he's not going to pay this kid. And these are just college kids working, you know. And I finally, I had 32 days of them. So I blew up and I said, for God's sakes, Don, go pay the kid and quit being so damn cheap. And Vernon just sat there, So. Well, oh, you did.
5: The picture? There's a picture too, a group picture from your trip. Oh, he's cheap. For a copy of that he's either. not
7: frugal. He's cheap. Yeah, yeah. What about when Cheryl asked about the picture of you guys in Rome?
2: <laughs> yeah, we have a big picture in our kitchen with us in front of the Colosseum. Yeah. And for, and uh, what's her name? Your cousin Cheryl. Cheryl. She says, "How come my mother and dad don't have a picture like that?" And I says, "Because he's too cheap to buy one." <laughs> so, remember what we did Gary, with,
5: the, with the names, we put names on everything like Yeah, Gary know, knew what was died, going on. So.
2: We they the were $10, picture. but it was a, you know, it was a souvenir.
6: Yeah. So.
3: <laughs> What's the secret to a long marriage?
2: I have no idea. Just <laughs> show up every day. <laughs> 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 You never know what is a good marriage or a bad marriage, or you know, you don't know what's going on in the house next door. Like the house next door to us for years and years, he got drunk and beat his wife up, and I never knew it. And she'd disappear every once in a while because she's so badly bruised, and that. But I always thought she was sick, you know. <laughs> See. What, question, what'd he say? Did she say? have
6: a lot of best
0: friends? Like, What made them good friends? Ask
2: her that. What well,
7: was it, like Helen? What about like your best friends, like Helen? What made them good friends?
2: Helen was more or less an orphan. Her dad was gone, her mother. So she'd go to church, she'd come back to our house every Sunday for, for lunch, and she'd come every Thursday night for dinner, for choir practice, and... uh my mother just took her under her arm, you know. Well, who
7: did she live with?
2: With her, well, at that time she lived two doors from us, and they had the upstairs two bedrooms. Her dad and her brother, and uh, Missus Moore was mean to her. If she was kind of late for supper, she wouldn't feed her, you know. So she came to our house all the time. My mother took her under her arm, so she was just just there. Then her brother went overseas and got killed.
1: Wow. Didn't your mother <coughs> Didn't your mother do a lot for like the homeless people? They had her mailbox marked, right? They had the, oh yeah,
2: the hobos. Yeah, they would come. Well, in that day, they were called hobos, but they'd rap at the back door and ask for a meal. So she'd cook the great big meal, but they had to like work in the garden, do a little bit of hoeing or something. But everybody did that for the hobos. And my mother figured our house was marked because they'd miss two houses and then come to our house, you know. So, but she always fed them a good meal, and she said you, yours boy could show up like that someday, and you'd see them on top of the railway, on the top of the box cars going by, and you'd wave to them, you know. But that was the depression. They went any place where they could get a job or could eat. The times were tough.
7: What about when your dad took? Payment as a um a fiddle instead of uh, money oh, for gas
2: <laughs> well in in the depression, most people did uh, they'd share and he had a gas station, so he'd work on a guy's truck, and the guy would give him a bag of potatoes or he'd work on another guy's car and he'd give him you know he swapped, but one day he came home with his fiddle. And my mother didn't want a fiddle. She wanted carrots or potatoes, you know. <laughs> and he picked up the fiddle and started playing it. All these old Scottish thought he could play the fiddle. We never knew it. So then I don't know what happened to it. It disappeared. But, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people.
7: Kind of surprising.
2: But, but nobody went without. They looked after each other. And people that were really poor, the Legion would look after them. You know, if they were veterans, they'd give the kids Christmas gifts and uh, look look after the families. Not like Trump puts kids in cages.
4: What's your favorite memory with Poppy?
2: My favorite what?
4: Memory with Poppy.
2: Oh, one time
4: we went someplace
2: and we went back to Dupar's. Where we saw me at Dupars, and these kids were in a car. Their parents were in drinking and left the kids in the car. and He went into the bakery and came back and gave each a gift, like a goodie. And I thought that was pretty nice.
4: What's your favorite memory with Jean? Right
2: now, how she looks after me ge- feeds me and gives me baths and looks after me, tucks me in at night. Yeah. How about Kenny? Kenny's good. When I when I was I had some kind of surgery, and I remember he brought water to me and helped me down. He he was kind, he helped me down up and down. I don't know what it's your hip. what I was there for. Maybe after your was hip. on
5: your Windsor hip. Drive. After your hip or before? What'd
4: she say? Your hip after your hip or before your hip surgery?
2: Yeah, I had surgery of
4: some kind. Hmm. What's your favorite memory with Ross?
2: The name what?
4: What's your favorite memory with Ross? Ross is very good. He's, right now, like, I give him my
2: credit card. He goes to the grocery store and does all the shopping for me. Bert takes the garbage out, brings it in. He's, he looks after me, you know.
3: Did you like being a mother?
2: Same as your mother. <laughs> she loves it. <laughs> what can we do? We're stuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, your mother put you kids in a carriage out on the street hoping somebody would steal you, but nobody took you. <laughs> no,
3: <I didn't>. never. <laughs> did you always want to have kids? I never thought of it.
2: You know, did you? I knew I wanted kids. Uh. Jeannie, did you ever think when you were growing up you wanted to have a family? Yep. I never thought
1: of it. What? What was the story when I was like in a crib and you put me outside for fresh air?
2: No. And it was like I put five all degrees, three of you outside for fresh air.
1: And it was like five degrees.
2: And all, no at zero you stayed in.
6: <laughs> zero. When
1: it, it
7: was zero we stayed in. Otherwise, she stood in the warm kitchen and observed us. Wait,
2: Celsius or Fahrenheit? All three of her were healthy. Still zero. Listen, all no. three of you were healthy. Tell us
7: how you covered us up so the wind wouldn't take our breath away.
2: Well, everybody does that. You turn the carriage so the wind doesn't get you.
7: You'd be so arrested <laughs> nowadays.
2: Everybody did it. You put your. You didn't keep your kid in the house on a... Fresh air is the best thing for you. Did you ever give them brandy? No.
3: What did you give them to keep them quiet?
1: What about the cough syrup?
2: The what?
7: The Benelin you used to give us.
2: Oh, that was for car sickness.
7: Yeah, but we would get it when we weren't in the car.
2: (laughs) The Benelin's for a bad cold, cough.
1: Was a codeine one? What was that one? I don't it think it like, was. I, like been, I don't think it was I mean. It was something else. It was codeine. Wasn't there something with codeine? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was for car sickness.
2: <laughs> well, I gave it to you and You slept
7: <laughs> outside in zero degree weather, right?
2: Did they look unhealthy to you? <laughs> You were all healthy until you started looking after yourself, <laughs> <coughs> and you abused your bodies,
4: smoking and drinking. you brought this on yourself gene <laughs> we
7: We had an example with poppy uh, what Poppy was our example,
2: yeah.
3: What's the best meal you've ever cooked
2: yourself? Oh, I used to cook all the time until he took over, and then I just let him. What was your specialty? I had roast beef and Yorkshire pudding, but and I was a good cook, and Jesse and Len would come for dinner, and they told me, and I made a great apple pie, but then he started taking over and taking over, so not being stupid, I let him. <laughs> when did he start taking over? I don't know.
7: Her favorite meal to cook for us when we were kids was hamburger meat that was stuffed with 70% oatmeal, fried until it was rock hard in little patties, overboiled potatoes that had that flaky stuff on the edges because they were so cooked, and lima beans. And I have never served lima beans again. I
2: never serve lima beans.
7: Yeah, I, you can ask Kenny Pork. Ross. Pork. All of us. That's what we ate. It was horrible. Pork and beans. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you're such a fragile, dainty little thing.
6: <laughs> <laughs> you're <Yeah>, evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, so you guys. Have,
2: You'd be really, really mean to me and knocking me, and I'm such a nice person.
6: <laughs>
4: oh man! Alan likes me. <laughs> How did you learn to drive?
2: I guess you just got in and drove, you know. So you never had lessons.
3: Somebody had to teach you. No one sat in the car with you as you learned?
2: I drove a truck first. You but
3: know.
7: who taught
4: you how to drive it? I guess I just watched Bing and then got in and did it. I you didn't had. you didn't drive until you were with Poppy? I could drive when I was 16. Yeah, I could drive.
7: How about when you drove my van and wrecked it?
2: What van?
7: I think Nancy I, was with I you. I was with her. Yeah, it was a parking lot accident. A parking lot accident. And
2: you went to a rock- Concerts. What parking lot
7: I don't know you had my depot. home depot and you and you had my van and you put a crease in it somewhere, and you said years later um I well years earlier, I had wrecked her car when I was at a rock concert, I hit something, and
2: you wiped the whole side of the car off
7: and then, so when she wrecked my van, she said, Well, I was at a rock concert <laughs> <laughs> You're lying, Jane. <laughs> no, it's true. Into a suburban. <laughs> oh,
1: Bethany. You,
2: she wiped, I had a brand new car, and she wiped the whole side of it out. Remember that, Bones? Yeah, that was The guy pulled up
1: the post, that was
7: funny. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> what did he say? I was like, what's that noise? And they were all yelling at me, because I hit a post, and Poppy covered for me. I said, somebody did it in the parking lot, and he goes, yeah, people do that. But he knew damn well I had done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: are you finished with me
7: I have to go in the There's bedroom and cry office, now you're being so cruel uh, remote car. Well, that was in my van too wasn't it no, I thought it was in the
5: LTE it was
1: the LTE she was still driving the LTE they ran right under the front tire and they yelled
7: at her stop when, when you were in the parking lot and ran over that $500 uh, remote controlled car
2: well, it shouldn't have been there in the first place.
7: <laughs> well, didn't they tell you to stop?
2: I did stop, and then they and then I heard this rrrrr under the car, so I thought it'd gone,
7: <laughs> and so you ran it over and squished <clears throat> it.
2: No, I only ran over one. then I started up the car and I heard a crunch. I thought, oh, sh-. so I went home. I just said sorry. <laughs> well, it shouldn't have been in the parking lot to begin with.
6: <laughs>
4: when was this?
5: Back when you were, you might not even have been. I do I think you were a little. You
4: we're we're a still
2: baby. living in California. Yeah, mm. before Angela. And did you tell him about the goat rider in the sky? Oh, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. She had these two goats, and she's going to get Marshall's picture on one of the goats. So she's yes. got this big goat. She picks up this little kid,
7: Poppy picked him.
2: Poppy did, to put on the goat for a ride. And she was holding the goat like backwards. She's just holding it. And the goat took off. And she's on the goat riding backwards. And the goat went around. A hundred miles an hour, like, and then it fell on top of her. And David Knapp and I were standing up on the balcony, and I laughed so hard, she could have been dead. I was killing myself. And David says, "Mrs. Adams, she could be hurt." And I'm still laughing. But that night, that night when her husband phoned, I said, "Do you want to talk to the goat rider in the sky?" And he didn't think that was funny. And I thought it was pretty witty. <laughs>
7: That was that goat tripped and I flew off of him and then he landed on me and knocked <laughs> the wind out of me so I couldn't get up right away. I was like breathless. <laughs> it was Zephyr. Because we first we put her on um the female who just stood there and didn't move. And so then I said, Well, I'll hold Zephyr. I'll put his head between my legs and hold him and you put him on put Marshall on his back. But what he did is he popped his neck up and I <laughs> landed on his back, backwards, and he took off running with me. If
2: we'd have had a picture of that, you'd have died laughing. Oh,
5: it <laughs> was the funniest you bottle, thing. You two goats <clears throat>
7: you get a Porsche, you put them in the it's Porsche a... to
5: take him to Ross's house in somewhere to mow the lawn. Wait, tell us about this?
7: I don't think I had the Porsche when I had yes, the goats. the goats in the yeah. In your Porsche. Well, the seat went know, down. That's Why a- don't you put goats in a Porsche?
6: <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest that's thing I've ever seen. Porsche or Porsche or
7: when Marshall was 21, he was dating this girl, and um, her car was kind of messy. And Poppy said, oh, that's, that's not the girl for him. You, have you seen the inside of her car? And I said, are you kidding? When I was that age, I had goat shit in the inside of my car. <laughs> he
4: goes, oh, that's right. <laughs> So you, you took the goats to Ross's to mow his lawn?
7: Eat the weeds. <laughs> I
4: took them everywhere
7: with me. We went hiking all the time. <laughs> yeah.
4: The goats?
7: Yeah. The goats were
5: in the, the paper all the time. Because before, Jan's Road used to be where you used to drive on it, and you could see their backyard. And then they moved the road. They changed the configuration of it, so you don't see in that backyard anymore. But you used yeah. to see
2: it. And, and she brought two caiman home, home one time. time and you know, they're like in an the alligator. Way. The caiman that you bought? It's and you an put alligator? a pencil in, you'd snap it
7: like... When I was about <laughs> nine nine or ten, they had... It was White Front, was a big department yeah, store yeah, yeah. in work. in Newbury Park. <laughs> and I bought two Cayman alligators that were about a foot long. And by the time we got rid of them, they were like about a foot and a half long. And Ralph Erk, I had them in a little pond, and you used to have to feed them fish. And Ralph Irk he bent over one day and one bit him on his... It was hanging on his hand like an earring. And he's like, "Hey, hey, help me, help me." And she gave him to some guy in the newspaper that later was arrested for having like no, crocodiles, no, no. alligators, monkeys, parrots, all kinds of.
2: I put an ad in the free, and some guy came and took them.
4: Well, you've gone skiing. You just left them for me to look after. So you so you gave them away while she That's was gone?
5: They, did. they would get rid of genius things. I they got rid like of them. <laughs> Like the goats, didn't they
4: do that with yeah. goats too? They'd snap a pencil before he down could down blink. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Why'd you get rid of Jeannie's goats? Well, she's
2: gone. She goes away for a week skiing. She leaves them for us to look after, so I got rid of them.
7: I did that once.
2: That's all I needed. With
7: bones. That's all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> You got rid of them because I was married and didn't live there anymore. Pardon? You got rid of them because I was married and didn't live there anymore.
2: I got rid of them because I wanted to get rid of them, and I did.
7: Yes, I was over there and the phone rang, and it was somebody inquiring about the free goats they ad in the paper. You didn't even
2: try to make money? (laughs) Well, the guy said he had a farm.
7: Yeah, a burrito farm. Probably ate
6: them. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
4: <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else Grand- oh god Hank <laughs> I think my interview is finished I think you've given us a very good one thank you grandma I mean. we love you grandma thank you what <laughs>